p.m. Every Sunday, town's always about the culture. Do out in sculpture, recording every Friday. So here it our way, no need to catch a flight away. Stay tuned for our take. Welcome back, welcome back. After Dinner Conversations, episode 123. Um, the whole team is back here at the table this week for After Dinner Conversations. And y'all know how we do every week. Let's go around and do a check-in. But before we get there, again, make sure you like, rate, review, subscribe uh, all on all podcast streaming platforms. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at ADConvos. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a cousin to tell an auntie to check out After Dinner Conversations. Um, so let's go around, check in, see how everybody's doing. I know it's been a busy week for folks. So Busy, busy, busy week, mm-hmm. yo. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm straight, man. I'm tired. Dehydrated. Got to hydrate. Water. Ready to go. Um... But now nah, I've been a busy week and we're wrapping up the last week's graduations. Um, so before I head back and then I finally took like a day or two off so I can just kind of relax before I head back too. So just catch up with people, catch up with family. Uh, and then it's just trying to relax. Um, play 2K. I haven't played 2K in a minute. Me and Mike was running online with some weird dudes. Too many grown men having upset tantrums on 2K. It's a lot going on. But nonetheless, we move. So, but I'm good, man. The weather's also been weird. It's like cloudy. It's been chilly the last three days. Is it spring yet? Like we're it's May twenty twenty first when they hear this. When is when does spring actually start? Because technically, in a, in a in a month, it's supposed to be summer. I think spring started. I thought spring started in like late March. It don't feel like it, bro. The weather don't feel like it. The weather the weather feels like it's borderline spring. It could have been late winter, bro. Like mm. the other day, it was like forty. That's not spring, bro. Spring in my head is like 55, 50, 50 ish to like 65 in terms of temperature, like no lower than maybe like 40 or something. When it's consistently below 50 and below 40, I don't know if that's spring, bro. That's just me. But global warming, right? But yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm saying I'm just busy and tired. Um, just moving and doing a lot of things to fill up my schedule this weekend. Um, but bigger shout out to you for it, man. Congrats on graduating. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, appreciate you. Um, but shout out to the excellence that you keep showing. Um, but I've just been, yeah, this has been a busy month, and then my whole summer gonna be busy. So just getting myself into gear and get prepared for all the big, big changes coming up. Um, I'm excited for them, but. You know, we're we're human, so we do get very tired at the time. So absolutely for sure. No, that's what's up. Um, thank you, Mike. Um, thank you to the whole team. Thank you to everybody that has been sending their congratulations over the past few days. Um, yes, earlier this week, graduated. Um, shout out to the Great School of Business, Morgan State University, um, as well as the Morgan State undergrads that are graduating today or yesterday by the time you hear the podcast. Um, so shout out to all your accomplishments and every all the other graduates, it's class of 2023, whether it be undergrad, high school, middle school, um, doctorate degrees, master, master's degrees, shout out to y'all. Um, I know it was a, a long journey to get to where you are, so make sure you you celebrate. But I think on that point, that's why I am tired. My family came in town for graduation, so showing, showing my parents a little bit around the city while they were in town, um, you know, hanging out with friends and classmates that are having graduation parties and celebrations. 
also just you know not really getting sleep i think whenever you have like a graduation or whatever the night before you just like yo let's hurry up let's hurry up yeah get this, just get it out of the way man and get this done with um so definitely trying to catch up on some sleep but also still you know celebrate the accomplishment which i often don't do as much as i should um and i sort of just jump to the next thing so trying to stay in the moment uh for the next couple of days but um it's been a really good week and i can't can't complain at all mike will also be in the area pretty soon so mm. we'll be able to connect and i think again Virtual potting is cool, but you always want to, you know, try to connect with folks in person if you can. So, so that'll be dope Um, for the last month or so that I'm in the area. But again, let's jump on into cocktail hour. Um, There's been a bunch going on in the news that I've seen that's been sent to me. Um, That's been interesting. So we got to talk about it. I think the first thing first, and I think it's been in every group chat. If it hasn't been in your group chat, then I don't know what news stories y'all are missing. But Ja Morant is in the headlines yet again. I think it's for the second time in what, two or three months. It's It's been a short span. Three months, but more. Yeah, to less, three yeah. months. Uh, holding a gun on instagram live um, i believe a friend was filming a video and then once he saw the gun he quickly put it down but there was obviously that moment that he was holding it um that has now spread around and he has received an indefinite suspension to, to again or they just haven't determined the, the length yeah. of it he's been banned from all the team activities yeah yeah Yep. So they haven't determined the the longevity of the suspension, but just want to get your thoughts again. Second time in three months. Is he running out of chances? I know, again, the NBA, I haven't known it to give, you know, more than second chances, certainly no third chances that I've seen or could remember. So, you know, what are your thoughts on John? What's going on in this situation? I mean, usually you don't see star players end up in these type of situations back to back like that. Like, I think all-star players had something that kind of went on during their career. It's usually one incident, and then from there on, they kind of, like, they walk the good trail, whatever you want to call it, and they're fine. With Ja, it's it's slow. First of all, I always tell people, the, the people in NBA right now, the athletes particularly, are blessed that they have an understanding GM that is Adam Silver. I think he's pretty progressive. I think he's pretty understanding. And not in a bad way, I think he's pretty lenient in terms of like being giving justice and kind of being fair to understand that they're young men still learning and making mistakes. Be player friendly, yeah. yeah, very player friendly. Because if Mike, Mike, I say this all the time, Mike, Mike knows this. If this was David Stern's NBA, that first time, well, first of all, been the last time, and those little, I think he got eight games and six of them were already served because the team has suspended him indefinitely. That would have been Ja would have been out the whole rest of the year if that was David Stern. He might have been out for a couple games next year if that was David Stern. And he David Stern would have had, I don't know what or how he would do it, but David Stern would have had him walking that straight line. Cause David Stern yeah. does, just doesn't play. Like after that whole, especially the Malice and the Palace thing, like you think about how long it took the NBA to kind of like relax their dress code. It was almost like 14 to 15 years. Everything was suit and tie. Maybe a top hat, but it was nothing like you couldn't go outside the lines. So I think it's slow for him because it's the fact that one, he had a sit down with Adam Silver. I think it was on ESPN. If I'm not mistaken, it was on ESPN. I know the one he had with Jalen Rose was on ESPN. And he said he was, you know, he's going, he's working through his problems. He's changing this, that, and the third. And he come back around and he does the same thing. Now, granted, what he's doing is like, it's not harmful to anybody outright, right? Like he's just waving a gun at you, but it's just like it's the 
the lack of sense to say, hey, last time I did this, I got in trouble. But I'm going to do it again anyway. Like, it's unprovoked. Like, he sees his man's on IG live or whatever. Like, it's not like he didn't look into the camera before. So now he's grabbing the gun to flex, look for male reinforcement. Like, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And there's been a lot of discussion about, like, okay, he didn't break the law. He didn't shoot anybody to stand at third. And those are all pretty valid. But, like, I don't know about y'all. I don't care. Like, you work for a private employer. You're getting paid what? I hate to make it about the money. You're getting paid what? 190 mil? Supermax. And, and um, amongst many things that I don't want to say aren't hard, but they're asking you not to showcase guns on public platforms. And people are trying to argue. Like, it's, it's one of those things that I have a little sympathy for, like, people who have that much wealth. And not, not in, like, a bad way. It's just kind of, like, the simple things like that that you just don't have to do and you do it anyway. And then you want sympathy for that. I don't know. Granted, I understand he's younger than us. It's, like, 23. You make mistakes. But to make that same mistake twice, I can't roll with him. And twice within three, twice within three months. We're not talking about you. This happened ten years later, right? We're talking about bro. You still dealing with the consequences from the first incident. And um, go ahead, his, all, all I'm saying that his age is kind of irrelevant to me because he has a lot of peers that are the same age, making the same amount of contracts, and they, you know, they because yeah, Jalen Hurts is his age too, right? I mean, 23, 24. Listen, listen 20, to the same music, probably. Very young, Luka Doncic. We going out all the young superstars. You, you be see DeAndre in at the game. Yeah, like they don't. They, they all don't, be bumping um, NBA yeah. boy. Yeah. So, what what's what's really the problem, like? I don't know. It's it's it's. It, I don't like. It. I don't like the look of it. It's bad. Whatever it comes his way, that's just going to be a tough scene for him. Like if you personally, I think he's probably going to get minimum forty games. 40? I, I think 40. I I think they're going to put the hammer down him because it's the fact. You, you have to remember too that Adam Silver. I think David Silver too. They both identify as Jewish. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I think they so. Both, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And that whole thing with Kyrie got his own thing. But it's the fact that people took the time to sit down with Ja. People didn't really take the time to sit down with Kyrie. They let Kyrie just not wither away. But that whole problem thing, they just kind of like threw everything at Kyrie. Ja they gave a chance. And I don't think you're going to get that second chance grace that he got that first time. Yeah. You know what I'm now, saying? Now, now, but what does so what does 40 games look like with guaranteed money? Because some of his money is guaranteed, if I'm not mistaken. It's, it's, it's gonna be it's, oh, it's 40 games without pay. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. So your your contract, you're basically paid on a per game basis, and then your non-guarantees are like this like the all NBAs, the all-star. Yeah. So you miss 40 all games. That, all that all that is that's quick. already out there. Yeah. That's already that's already cut on top of that, not getting paid. So now now you look even dumber. And we didn't talk about this last week, uh, when Glory was here, but he didn't even make all NBA. He missed out on about 42 mil because he didn't make all NBA. And he, if he had not got suspended, Corey, again, I don't know, maybe maybe I'm bugging. He was guaranteed at least third or second team. Yeah, for sure. You could have argued first, depending on how you wanted to look at yeah. it, but he was definitely gonna get second or third. Yeah, he should have been. He literally should have been all NBA player. So you and now, granted, that's nasty by the voters to keep him out, but you missed out on that. But you know, you did to yourself. You missed out on that, and now you're potentially about to miss out on it again because you're gonna miss games. And granted, like all NBA MVP, mostly those two categories, I would say, 
they change so much in terms of criteria and how people look at it in terms of narratives. By the time it gets to the end of the year, somebody who wasn't in there before the first 20 games can kind of sneak in to the conversation. But it's still like there's so many good guards in the NBA. And there's going to be like top five. It's going to be top um t- uh top 15 players next year, right, Mike? So it's not even going to be position-based anymore. They're just going to take the top 15 players of any position and do all NBA first, second. Which will, which will likely be more skilled players because they have the stats are different. Exactly. So when you have about four or five small forwards all averaging 26, seven and seven or 26, five and five or whatever, they're going to be going to make all they're all going to make all NBA. Now, you're going to have no more than two centers. You're going to have Jokic and um, Embiid, maybe um, Sabonis. And then you're going to have straight fours and guards who are like all star level worthy. So he's messed himself bad. And I, I honestly like. I don't, I don't but, know. But, but, but is he is he seeing it as bad is my question, right? And I think that's that's gonna that's the issue here. Again, I don't know. I know his contract was huge when he when he signed, right? When when he came into the league, he was this sort of he was gonna be the next face of the NBA. And I think we talked about it when we talked about him, you know, before on the pod, where is he recognizing the impact of you know not having the extra 42 mil, right? What was he gonna do with it anyway? Right. And I and I think to to that point, a lot of players that can think long term shout out to you know the young players that are starting to save and invest and buy schools and buy corporations or whatever if he's not in that mindset then he only needs 10 mil to do what to do what he does right or, you know if if you're saying what if that's what he's thinking yo i mean i missed the 42 but my lifestyle didn't change right and so i think is he really seeing the impact of Bro, if they don't give me if they don't give me this right, I already bought my pops a crib down the street. Da 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 da. da. I only care about in IG live anyway. You know, people still gonna I'm still gonna make money off the content. Regardless, you know, whatever like the mindset is, I don't know if he's understanding the impact, and I think that's the scary part. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't think he is, but I don't know what to do with that because he not not to blame anybody, but like yeah, as a father and mother. He, he has the NBA has done I think a but I don't but I don't know I don't know if that's enough to say that no, he has I, a father I, and mother because we don't know if that's been helpful I've I've no, I, like I agree been more harmful than anything I, I don't disagree with you Corey but when you compare him to his contemporaries who don't have the same outlets you have to look at you like why aren't you using the resources in front of you or why are those resources helping you and then on top of that the NBA in my opinion has done a much better job of setting youngsters up in mm, terms of I agree. Like, you know what I'm saying in terms of like being financially literate and don't spend all your money, your rookie contract. And I think the NFL is doing great too. When they were interviewing um draftees, they're like, What's your first big purchase? They was like, Oh, I mean, I'm just gonna take my mom to dinner. Um Yeah. I mean, I think they've done a better job. I think the shout out to the players' associations of both leagues. I feel like they yeah. definitely incorporated financial literacy, I think, more. Absolutely. So I think they're like Again, I don't know what exactly they do, but I think there are things that the NBA Players Association does that sets up these players to make sure they don't get in trouble. Like they have endless examples in front of them. So it's like, I, I it's hard for me to create sympathy for it because you got your first chance and now you 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 messed up your second chance in, in even the worst way possible, right? The first one, you in Denver at a strip club, you're on your own IG Live, which is probably low-key worse. Cool. Mm-hmm. The second... You know what I'm saying? The first one was honestly worse because he was the, the second one. His boy tried to save him. His, his boy's recording before, and it's like he just just takes it out 
for I don't I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. And 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 the crazy part is I don't think anybody's saying, Jai, you can't own a gun. Right. I don't think that's that's what people are saying. Like you from South Carolina, you live in Memphis now, people have guns, right? We get it. Like, but why is first of all, why is it out? I'm sure you probably pay more than most people's salaries on security, right? Like, so what are we really talking about? You should be able to walk and not not even have to look behind your back because you got three dudes looking behind your back at all times. And 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 the reason why I hate it too, it brings back that conversation of like rap music being the reason why a mm-hmm. lot of this has happened. Like that, you know, very conservative mindset of blaming. 1990. Yeah, and that's why I hate when people get in trouble like this because I just don't think that's fair. Like I think, like we just talked about at the beginning of of the segment. You can point to hella NBA players that listen to NBA Young Boy, whoever, and they don't rep, like they don't repeat the same behavior. It doesn't make any sense. But but that's what the rhetoric is going to be now. I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what um Mike Wilbon was talking about on ESPN. I'm pretty sure that's what Stephen A. said, and I'm I'm 95 sure either Jalen Rose or somebody else chimed in with the same thing as well. And so and so now that's the discussion point is 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 John doesn't know how to make right choices. Rap music is so different. It's so violent. It's and and it's just a scapegoat for somebody who's not taking accountability for their actions, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. here we here we are. Right. Oh, and of course, uh, uh, gun culture. No one's going to blame that. It's going to blame rap music instead of gun culture. But here mm-hmm. we are. Mm-hmm. What, what, what can we do? But offer um, criticism and perspectives. Right. We we will see how this unfolds. It'll be it'll be very interesting. I'm hoping you know Ja learns his lesson. I think he's a, he's a great player, a great talent that has the potential to really be the face of the NBA and be that player that so many young kids look up to. But obviously, the NBA will not allow that to happen if if this continues. So, um, we will see how that unfolds. So, sliding over to the next uh, cocktail hour topic. Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade um, have been in the news, I feel like, a lot recently. I think most recently there was an interview that Gabrielle Union was doing. I forget the platform that she was on. I didn't see it. Yeah, but she was referencing the, yeah, the I guess, the general or, you know, sort of the dynamic within her relationship with Dwayne Wade, mentioning that the two go 50-50. And, you know, for folks that know Instagram, YouTube, podcast, the 50-50 argument, the gender role debate has been one that has become a trending, I feel like a trending topic amongst, you know, those different platforms. So I just want to get your thoughts on either her comments or, you know, the impact that you've seen from her comments on on social media recently. I, I don't know how the question is asked. In terms of like how she, in terms of what she said was 50 50. I don't know if it's like everything the time they buy something to put two cards down or her, mm-hmm. what, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like I don't understand why that's even a discussion point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know what you say. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you say it. So when you, so when they say you, Stephen well, said it, <laughs> Stephen said it. Well, why? Is them being 50-50, splitting things 50-50. Why is it a discussion point? One, they're mm-hmm. both wealthy. And two, I'm just curious to understand what that what value that brings to their relationship. Does it feel like that there's joint equity in what they're creating? Or does it feel like they're both involved? Like I, that's what that's what I, I I don't understand. Like again, we're 
we're brokies compared to them, right? I, so I don't, I don't know, I don't understand traditionally how that even when you both have exorbitant amount of money, how that financial situation works. I don't think I've, I've really heard anybody who's been of their wealth talk about how they split finances. You know what I'm well, saying? I so, so I think if I remember the context correctly, I think her being an actress, you know, a lot of her wealth came dependent on movies and movie sales. So I think her logic was because of the type of work that I do, there's fear that this wealth can be pulled from me, you know, at any minute. God forbid, you know, a movie doesn't go according to plan. God forbid I don't get the role, right? It's not something where, hey, I know that I have, you know, a contract for this. It's like every movie after it's over, I got to find another movie. So I think her logic was, I want to feel like what I'm investing, like nobody's taking care of me because if God forbid something, you know, gets taken from me again, this is the context that I got from the the clip that I saw, mm-hmm. knowing that for, again, Stephen, we're brokies compared to them. So it doesn't seem logical, but I mean, again, it's probably based on lifestyle, right? It's not saying that, Hey, if a movie flops, I'm broke, but it's saying certainly if a movie flops and I can't live the way I lived yesterday. So yeah, I probably we probably just can't think like that. So I guess, but I mean, the money's there in front of you. Whether you're paying something fifty fifty or put into savings or investment, I don't. What 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 was the difference in like value that you bring? Like, how is that different in value that you bring? I'm not asking you that. I'm just saying in general. Like, if he decide if he's paying for stuff, and let's say our money's coming from movie actresses, so it's only coming in lump sums or whatever when the sales are happening, and then she's putting that she's saving it like is, i'm not saying that's what she should do i'm just saying is there harm in that no right even if you're i mean she, she probably even, just wants to feel like she part she owns part of it right this wh- is part, this which is, is where it comes down to so this, this is just more of a feeling thing which is cool i guess like but i guess <laughs> it's a it's a you know it's saying? a legal it's a legal thing too right i mean i guess depend mm-hmm. like say you say you do it for a house right i mean i don't know how people at that tax bracket operate don't know how they move but no. um Say Dwayne Wade bought a house. I guess, you know, if he just had his name on it and to your point, she was spending frivolously or whatever and the next movie flop, then she wouldn't even have her name on the title if, God forbid, Dwayne Wade did, they didn't work out, right? So I think there might be that type of fear, but... I mean, they're, they're, I think they're just trying to show a different dynamics relationship that people aren't necessarily exposed to. I... I even if it wasn't a conversation point amongst people's Twitter and podcasts, I, I'm of the belief they would have went out and said the same thing in any interview or been still doing the same thing. Like, I think Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union are very progressive, a.k.a. why they're leaving Florida. Um, so it, it's just, it's, it's just, that's just going to be the dynamic of the relationship. That's fine. It doesn't mean anybody has to follow them. <laughs> so I think that's always an important point. Everybody's got to do what works for them. Um, I don't, but I, I don't know about about if, if I would do the same thing, but that's just me. You don't know if you would do what thing? Do the same thing, split fifty fifty, no matter the the financial mm-hmm. income. If we were both exorbitantly rich, I, again, I don't know if I can make sense of doing that. So, what would you do in that situation? I just won't do fifty fifty. I, <laughs> I still don't understand what is being split fifty fifty and how is the splitting has happened. Like, how did you specifically? exactly so that's what i'm saying like i don't think they're going out to buy things and giving people two credit cards Mm -hmm. so i'm wondering is like they have a joint account that they both pull in a certain amount of money and so that's why they're calling it 50 50 Mm -hmm. if that's the case i don't i guess yeah but there's mad people who have joint accounts and they use it to pay for things and i don't think they will qualify that as a 50 50 splitting of everything 
So like, is it, do they have just one massive bank account and they just buy everything from that and that's splitting? I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I can't, I can't really rationalize it because mm-hmm. I can't understand fully what the 50-50 is. Because if you're talking no, about people in our tax bracket, I'm just thinking we go out to eat, we give them two cars. Or we go to Best Buy, we give them two cars. We go somewhere like we're just, we're not buying things. Every, everything I, is 50-50. Yeah, yeah. Like what's the most expensive thing we're buying? Maybe a, a home. And then if that, the mortgage, we're going to be split. So I don't, I don't think I can conceptualize what they're the mortgage, buying. The mortgage is going to be split, Stephen. That's what you said. No, I'm saying that, like <laughs> hypothetically for I'm us. Joking. Yeah, I'm joking. I'm, I'm trying to get me. <laughs> you're trying to create a clip, but <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. Shout out to them. God bless their hearts. I'm gonna let Mike take the wheel because my- uh, I, I don't got money. That's all I have to. Um, I got nothing, you know, insightful to add. Um, I think my biggest talking point is what you mentioned earlier, that they're just in a whole different tax bracket. I mean, honestly, it doesn't really matter if they split anything or someone pays for everything. It's not really affecting their bottom line <laughs> today. Not at uh, all. I'm just, just in the context of this situation. I mean, I feel like a lot of what, a lot of the commentary I saw on social media, whether it's Twitter or Instagram, um, people were critical of Gravity Union because of their, her and Dwayne Wade's relationship history because he had like a baby on her at some point. He mm-hmm. cheated and, you know, some other stuff that they had. Going I forgot about that, low key. Yeah, and I'm not going to detail about, but and then they're like, "Oh, how could you do this? And how you do that?" And I'm like, I think people are just very hyper judgmental, hypercritical on social media, and like to project this better than thou. Speaking on their own heart, bro. Yeah, they do all that talking, and they marry marry a worse dude than Dwayne Wade. Have a baby with a worse dude than Dwayne Wade. What does that mean? Nothing. They, they currently in relationship. Corey, fix your face. Oh my nothing. god. Steven <laughs> is creating his own clips. I just want people to know that. <laughs> it just, it just, um, not nah, really. I don't know. I don't know what the point of the conversation is either. I don't know what the hell yeah. we're arguing about. It's just like she said. I think she said that she wanted to do it because she wanted, like you said, she wanted to work and keep be involved. Yeah, you know, stuff like that, which is fine. I mean, but even Gabrielle Union didn't work like you know i'm not saying she ain't gonna go broke tomorrow but also people have to remember that they're multi-millionaires so their bills are a lot different than our bills mm-hmm. and them, like you said that that mortgage and the car payments and taxes look a lot different than our, our like our those, smaller bills in comparison those t those tvs look different those cars oh, look different private schools like you know they got a lot of funds and all the cars they own all the stuff the flights like the private jets like they do a lot of stuff um, the way we are under the jazz, like you know, they they have a lot of stuff that they do, and I don't know. It's just like I feel like the whole point in conversation is just to people to project their own values and you know come away feeling they're I don't know. I really don't know. Exceptional, I don't know better than something. It's just like I don't understand why like the whole point has to be broken down when I don't know. Maybe and maybe it's just entertainment, it's just consumption. We just want something to talk about, argue about, but and people who do take the clip and make it viral. Um, especially on people still, no matter what people say about them rap house TVs and say cheese and whatever, they fall time. And it doesn't feel no, no way, no way people they get in them. No matter how many, how many every time get, who own it, who, who what they doing, what their purpose is. You know who's a content creator? And they're all white men, top to bottom. They, another, another meme with another large text, and here we go. <laughs> you know, another another cycle comes comes back again. Another conversation that doesn't really matter to anything. Um, but yeah, this is pretty much it. Now, I just I just don't understand like what's the point is where you're arguing about people who's a lot of wealth class, respectfully to everybody. You're not you may you may not even reach in your lifetime. Not not may um, not most likely will not. <laughs> I'm just saying like. <laughs> 
And if you're up during that week class, like, you know, if you're, if you're going to get someone to pay all your bills, that's great. If she wants to do 50-50, that's fine. At that point, it doesn't really matter because the money's abundant and you're always going to have it. But I'll say so. the, the money's the money. So yeah, it's really I, not a stress of yours. Oh, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't do that. Actually, you, know, I, you think people in those worlds of supreme wealth have all these super moral values and ethical stances that they stand on? No, they don't. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> you know, like... You know, that's, I don't think people have been around, like, real, real money like that before. And if, if especially if you come from poor and go into that money like that, you're not going to be like, oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. You're full of it. That's just not how yeah, life works. Yeah. That's not how people get ahead, honestly. And if people have people have more money, set the rules, they set the boundaries. I mean, we just talked about the same thing with John Moran, NBA. You can be a gun lover all you want, but if you work for the NBA, you want this 200 mil contract for the Grizzlies, you better stay in line. You better say, you better, better go stand in yeah. that line. <laughs> We just said he lost like collectively probably like 40, almost 50 mil. Through, 50 through mil all NBA alone. Uh, yeah, all NBA stuff. So by, by the time we get to next year, it's probably going to be another 20, 25. Yeah. That's, now you're talking about 70 mil gone to waste. Now, I will say one thing about the Jonathan. I think people are jacking, oh, his trade value is so low. I'm like, y'all are crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. They're sick. Man, I man stand where he is. Yeah. But yeah, back to the like, union thing. Um, yeah, bro. I don't know, Corey. I don't know what to do anymore, bro, with these conversations. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. I don't know. Again, I don't know why we go into the 50-50. I mean, I feel like whatever the percentage breakdown is, anything is better than 100-0, right? I think, you know, being able to be with be with a partner or what, however y'all split it, 90-10, 80-20, 70-30, 60-40, it's better than 100-0. That's, that's how I would think about it. But again, I know that's not how everybody looks at it. So, of course, of course. I feel like this is like our maybe fourth or fifth story over the podcast years. The week oh, yeah. They always slip one in. Now, granted, I didn't see any of the replies. I just seen the when it was sent to the group chat. And I was like, ah, interesting. I didn't even click on the actual tweet to go look at people who were saying. That's how. That's how you know I didn't get. It is. Oh my it God. is what it is. But moving on into the topic for this week, um, so we sort of talked about it a little bit, you know, before the pod, you know, the Booker T. Washington, uh, Web Du Bois debate. Um, and it sort of sparked a conversation that I was having a couple of days ago that I wanted to bring here on the pod. And I think we mentioned some of what we talked about in our reference to John Morant, where we talked about him being an employee of the NBA. Right. And so him having to still stay within that mold. And we see, obviously, that, you know, 20, 40 game suspension could potentially greatly impact, you know, his income for the year. And so I, I want to talk about, you know, the LLC Twitter debate, right? The, the entrepreneurship conversation that's been happening, you know, so many years. And I think we had the conversation, but it came up again recently in a clip. I think about two weeks ago now, um, a journalist, I believe, Ebony K. Williams, uh, who recently went on The Breakfast Club, made a comment um, in a conversation with Ayama Van Zant about her relationship preferences. And the question, I believe, was uh, by Ayama to... Ebony K. Williams is, would you date a bus driver? And her answer was, if he owned the bus. And I think mm -hmm. that's probably the summation of the clip that's been going around, right? Obviously, there was a larger conversation. But I just want to get your initial thoughts to that clip. And I think a lot of people felt passionately on both sides. Yes, I would only date, you know, a bus driver if he owned the bus. But a lot of other people were saying that, you know, you're coming at a whole community or, you know, having negative comments about, you know, people that work blue collar jobs or things like that. So what were your initial thoughts on, on that clip? 
I was like, the elitism is strong. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, literally the conversation we had on one of the recent episodes. We yeah, like two episodes ago. Like literally. that elitism. Yeah, yeah. Like it's any of those jobs and you know. And like I mean, I guess it's the both sides thing. I I, I guess that's probably closer to where I'm looking at it. Cause yeah, you can have your preferences. I mean, no one's gonna stop you from wanting what you want to want. Um, but at the same time, it is like, oh, you can I mean, people who work as bus drivers, and I mean I, I I don't know what the men by bus driver. You mean you drive like Greyhound bus or or is it, does that really escalate up to truck drivers who you know who travel shipment across across mm-hmm. state lines? But either way, whether you work in those jobs, I mean, some dudes are not broke. <laughs> Having a job don't make you like you know broke or like lesser of value. Um, they do make good money. They work long hours. They put the effort in. Um, they put the time in the grinding, and you know, and I'm sure they have happy, <laughs> you know, successful, happy families, and they taking care of what they need to take care of. Yeah. Um, but then again. Like, you know, if that's not what you want, you know, she, if she can go on the breakfast club, I'm sure she's in a different tier of looking at different types of men uh, that she would want and for like their job and what they can provide and what their income level is looking like too. So maybe it's just like a, a perfect conversation, but let me see what Steven say first before I change my answer. I was screaming. <laughs> um, Good job, Mike. Good job. I like that. <laughs> nah, I think, I think it was, I think it was pretty, I don't want to say corny, but I think it was just so belittling of her. I think, and now, granted, I think they they trapped her with that question, right? Breakfast Club is excellent for like oh, for putting sure. you into a clickbait question and answer. They've but, been doing it for a long time. Yeah, and I think I think it's a it's a misjudgment by her part for not reading the trap and probably giving the worst possible answer. I think the answer, I think she would have gotten less. It would have been bad, but I think she would have gotten less blowback if she had just said no than if he owned the bus. Like, I think that just added to a certain level of elitism that was just unacceptable. Like, because then you have to ask yourself, how many people you know own a bus that drives? Like, I I had to think about it. I don't think I've ever met anybody that says, yeah, I own a bus and I drive my own bus for my own bus company. Like, that's never even been a sentence. There's people who do that, no doubt. But it's like, what what is the difference between him owning the bus and driving it and him just driving the bus? If he made the same amount of money doing both, is it the fact that he owns it that he looks better to you? Because in entirety, I think she was capping when she said that. I don't think she would damn even own the bus. If mm. I'm being honest, I can't speak mm. for it. I can't prove it. I, I don't think he would. I think it was kind of the, oh yeah, like hypothetically maybe, but in reality, I don't think it is because the fact that that was the follow up, you probably wouldn't. The, the real answer is no. You create a hypothetical for a yes that realistically isn't going to happen. So save face a little bit. Safe face, like I think she thought it was safe face. Like, oh yeah, I'll date a bus driver if he did this, and I think it just made it twenty times worse. And I guess even going back to the conversations we had in the past, I think once you start adding a monumental value to the worthiness of somebody to being your spouse, you're already denigrating them as a human being to an extent. And mm-hmm. I think now, granted, now to Mike's point, and I agree with him on this point, you can have preferences and you can have standards. We do not live forever. And they people have been telling us for years, when you get older, it gets harder. When you get older, it gets harder. And all those preferences you have, if you have all these preferences and you can't find somebody, and you worry about dudes owning a bus to drive, I don't know what to tell you. Now, granted, when you're in a different tax bracket, like people who go to Breast Club, I guess A to C celebrities, you know, you're probably making good money. Your exposure is different. I can understand that. If she, if she had even said, my lifestyle is so different that I can't just date anybody regular, Cool. That'd be a great answer. That'd be a great answer. <laughs> that and people have people give blowback on that answer, but I think that's a mm-hmm. solid answer. It makes sense. Like beyond no disrespect to anybody, but like Beyonce was saying, Beyonce can't date no regular dude. It just is what it is. 
you know, her lifestyle busy and everything. She probably just needs somebody who can understand that. That's fine. But it's the fact that you created these weird stipulations saying like he on the bus. I just think, I th- I just think it was unacceptable. And I think it reflects on And I think here's the thing. Cause I didn't see all the negative uh, publicity that she got. I seen clips of it here and there, but I think I seen a lot more people reinforcing that. Right. We're going to talk. We're going to look, we're going to talk about it. So, we're going to talk about it. Um, no, but I think, you know, and we'll go into to what the point Stephen was making there in just a second. But I think when I was having this conversation a few days ago, the person that I was having a conversation with asked, why are men so upset with what she said? And I think it was it was so interesting that the person couldn't see why people why guys were upset. And I think for me, especially, I think within the black community, that this was a disparaging remark to generations of men that have made a living and supported their families through blue collar work. Mm -hmm. Right. And so essentially, yes, she said, I wouldn't date a bus driver unless he owned the bus. But in that same comment, she was making the comment to say, I wouldn't date the factory worker unless he owned the factory. Factory, I I wouldn't date the, you know, coal miner unless he owned the mine. Like she was, she made that comment for sort of everybody that did, I'll that say this blue, this blue collar level work, which s- since black people arrived in this country has been the way that we've survived for the, for the most part. Right. Yes. Yeah. Of course there's been. So this day, to be honest, if we're being exactly honest. right. Yeah. And from, from a majority perspective, right. Yes. There are people that obviously work white collar jobs and things of that nature and entrepreneurs and business owners. But I think a large part of people that, you know, the families that put their kids through college and the people that are now successful in lawyers and doctors, it came from somebody that was at the plant every day. It came from somebody that, you know, was a sanitation worker. And so I think, you know, that comment sort of, you know, degraded or demeaned all of those generations and centuries of work that has provided the opportunity that we now have today for her to sit there, for those folks to be on the breakfast club and all of these things of that nature. So I feel like it was, it was just so harmful. So I could, certainly see why guys were upset but i think to steven's point you know there was a lot of support it looked like from women in the comments that she was making and i think we had this conversation in you know a smaller element a couple of weeks ago when we talked about elitism and you know the impact that it has on relation things relationships and things of that nature but i think from this preference standpoint yes it's okay to have preferences but are we to a point where the preferences no longer reflect the realities of the community, right? I think to my, to the points you both made in terms of Beyonce being able to date, you know, a regular person, it probably wouldn't work. Right. But I think we understand that Beyonce exists in Beyonce's own element, right? (laughs) She's got $1,200, you know, seats, uh, like nosebleed seats for her concerts, right? This is, this is not, we're not talking about a regular person here, but I think for people that, you know, Ebony K. Williams, to my knowledge, is a journalist, right? I'm sure she probably makes good money, but we're not talking about Beyonce, you know? So I think the question here is have, and I'm sure, I don't know who are making the comments supporting her, but I'm sure some of them probably make good money, but not anything that would be Beyonce level. So are we getting to a point where preferences on either side of the house are beyond what the reality show? We've had conversations in the past on numerous times about the socioeconomic status of black men in America. And I think no one wastes any time to remind them or remind us 
that we are the least educated amongst all demographics. We graduate college at the, at the lowest rate. We are in name whatever field. We're really the small percentages when it comes to things like education. We're the highest rates when it comes to incarceration. Like all, all the plus minuses that would be good positives and good and, and bad negatives, we're like the opposite of what those would be. And so, and I think everybody acknowledges that, or people at least to an extent know that. And it gets thrown back you know, in the faces of men, or at least that's what's being perceived. He has thrown back saying, hey, we need this type of man. Well, you know, a lot of men, just black, especially black men, just haven't had the opportunity or just don't have that level of education to get what you're looking for. So it becomes a detriment to the man for not being the type of man that she wants. And I think we see that manifesting in the community slowly. Um, again, you don't have to date exclusively black men. We'll say that for a different pod. But I think it's I think it's damaging to the extent because I'm not telling people to sell necessarily, but I think the way they frame what their preferences and desires are often comes off as belittling, more or less, right? And when you're asking asking excuse me for certain things in a partner, you not necessarily you need to be able to know where to look and go how, or how to go about looking for it, but you got to know is it attainable. And I think people discuss things in a hypothetical a lot and they dream up their perfect man and not necessarily have thoughts and conversations about, are you perfect for that person? Or, you know, would I even, do I really desire, have I met somebody like this before that I think would work or this is just an idea in my head of something I would want? So I think there's a lot of unanswered questions. I think not a lot of people, uh, me and Mike talk about this sometimes, think for themselves. You know, you hear somebody say something you like, you're like, okay, I want that too. I don't, um, you know, everybody finds somebody that's individual for themselves and, you know, not to say be like corny, but not every two, not two people are the same. So you're not going to get the same person as somebody else. So you should look for what works for you. But can you said a question again, Corey? Um, so I think is, are there preferences that people are having? I think particularly from the people that were supporting the comments, you know, that were made, our preferences beyond what the reality shows exists. I think particularly if we look, we look at relationships within the black community. Mm -hmm. I want to say, yeah, um, for Steven point one and two, I think in reality, I think relationships and love and, you know, or family building happens a lot differently than what we project it to be. I think that a lot of people, I mean, it's you're going to meet someone that's in your community or like physical location more often than not. Um, I know we have social media now and dating apps and stuff like that. And then, you know, I, I, people typically, I think the people typically, if you're in a certain city, you're going to find somebody in that city. You're not going to, you know, go somewhere too far out to find uh, love or find somebody to build a family with or the preferences. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know how much people actually cling to preferences. Mm-hmm. I think it's different when we're chatting with friends and we're online. And I think yeah. different when you meet someone that's like a good vibe, a good match, and that's going to supersede anything that you're saying. And I think people change a lot. I think we change a lot of things a lot more than we want to admit. Um, and my first, you know, hope people talk. People see. Hopefully, hear us. Excuse me. Um, talk about people on the podcast. I hope y'all know we we're just talking like with our, within ourselves, within the community, yeah. like, just patterns that we're seeing. Um, because sometimes there are things like me, people probably think that we just critique everybody and we got you know we got everything to say. They think but, I do that. 
I don't. I mean, some critiques are valid and they're warranted in some situations and conversations, but in, in most conversations like this, it's just more of a matter of, you know, these preferences are, like like we're saying, like they can, you're just perfectly fine to have your boundaries, your preferences, your standards. It's just all the posturing that comes comes into play and that kind of gets into the discourse and, and affects the mindsets of people. And then sometimes it can alter how people show up and use, you know, let's say like, you know, hypothetical, you do meet somebody and it's a good vibe, it's a good match, but you already said you already said to yourself, oh, you know, if you're not making a certain income, you don't have a certain job, you have a certain level, then we can't really take this to, to be something serious uh, down the line. And then a lot of people might. So and that and not even that one hypothetical right there. Like, you know, could we say it's warranted to say that I don't I don't want only want a certain person on a certain threshold or is it better to say that even though we have a good connection? I'm gonna have to. I might have to put that boundaries to the side and say like I might see where this goes with this person to find to get that love, that family, or whatever I'm looking for out of this relationship that I want for myself. It seems like it was like two different schools of thought, <laughs> like you know. And like, is there really a middle ground to that? Is it really? Is it all just subjective? Um, it's it's pretty hard. But is it affecting the community? I don't. I mean, yeah. I don't know how to. It's, I guess I'll say it's hard to measure. Like how much it really affects people's interactions day to day and their um how they really talk to each other, how they meet with each other, stuff like that from black people. Um I would say that labor wise, I think black people are doing pretty well as far as labor statistics. I think we have like a really a pretty low unemployment rate. Um, right now, I think Black people, uh, I read an article that said Black people after the pandemic has actually moved into really more stable jobs, more, uh, have more structure for their, as far as their employment and their labor and good paying jobs too, not just like any job um, too. So on one end, like we see like we're moving in a good direction where like everyone should be have finding what they're looking for. But then again, here we are, another another recording session talking about the same old uh, situation about preferences and ideas and how like these platforms like the Breakfast Club not blaming anybody you know engagement but you know they these conversations are superseding anything that might be more constructive or productive to what the reality is for love finding love and like relationship building in, in our community too mm. no nah, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't know how to reconcile like the differences you know like do, should we lead up to this preference is this all just a preference conversation if it is then what the hell are we talking about or should we really be should we really have a conversation about prioritizing and Stuff like and like you know finding love and, and real community and real relationships uh, above all like these kind of preferences that we want, but then that's asking people to sacrifice, and then that's all. Ah, uh, there is our favorite word for the pod. Yeah, word for the pod. That's a whole different conversation. They really sacrifice their own like standards, their own beliefs, on what they want just to be with the person that is a, a better fit for them. Mike, Mike about to manifest Paris into the chat. Yeah, I saw. I thought I saw his his bar move over and a, a four person come into the to the Zoom. Sacrifice. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um. <laughs> Now, nah, but you had some really good answers, so I definitely appreciate that. Um, so I think following up, and I think this is where the the Booker T the boys um conversation started. So just trying to give some context for the question. One of the perspectives that I got from the comment that was made about again not dating a bus driver but dating the owner was less about an elitism dating preferences uh mm-hmm. thought process, but more so employee versus entrepreneurship. Right. And so that became a, well, everybody should own a business so that we don't have to ever consistently be dependent on other communities to, you know, fund our community or, you know, provide jobs or whatever, because obviously with employment comes the potential for layoffs and firing. Now, for me, 
I'm not necessarily one that says entrepreneurship is the answer to that because I don't necessarily always see entrepreneurship as more stability or more stable and more fruitful than, you know, nine to five employment, right? The the whole nine to five debate. But I just wanted to get, to get your thoughts there in terms of is entrepreneurship the answer, right? I think that was a lot of, you know, Booker T's argument in terms of making sure that we're self-sufficient. And again, I think there is some value in entrepreneurship, don't get me wrong. But I mm-hmm. think from a large scale, everybody being a business owner, does that provide more stability? That's not what I what I necessarily feel, but I just want to get your thoughts on that. I can say quickly, um, and to your point, for a large scale, we're talking about community, like, you know, across the United States, large scale and a capitalist system is just not realistic. Everyone's not going to be a business owner. That's just not how it works. Um, now, to Booker T's point, should more people be entrepreneurships than, you know, employees? It's possible, but there's a lot of social factors that come into play. <laughs> Steven's my favorite. It's just like, also, like, you need a certain type of personality, drive, commitment, again, sacrifice, because like you said, it's not stable. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs, a lot of failures that comes into building a business, even just one business, much less having multiple streams of income. I don't know why we keep saying that. Like, it's just, you can just do that waking up tomorrow. <laughs> um, like, you know, it takes, you have to build, you have to have, have talent, skills in multiple areas. Most of you need to have, you need to have interpersonal skills, soft skills. We don't talk about those enough. Being able to work with people, talk with anybody, um, being able to connect and build relationships with people across backgrounds and uh, income levels and you know everything. Um, I, I, I mean, owning the business is great, but I think what's more important is economic security. You know, I, I would 100 rather have somebody say, "I have a great nine to five. It pays me well." covers my bills, helps me take care of what I need to, my family, whichever, um, then to say like, all right, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, take on a lot of risk, which can be, you know, depending on how you perform, it can work out or it can really not work out. And when people, and mind you, if it really doesn't work out, you could be left with loans that you need to pay off from failed businesses or restaurants or whatever. You could be left with a lot of debt. You could be left with, you know, strained relationships <laughs> or maybe your family go down because you lose that too if you lose your money. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen, man. And also advice a lot of people into your space that might just want to take from you as an entrepreneur, especially if you're doing well and you're scaling up to a certain level. And there's just so many risks and factors that, that come into play. Um, and, you know, and Booker T lived like hundred plus years, however long years ago. Um, so we're definitely giving a 21st century perspective on it, but yeah, bro. I, I don't, I just don't think it's realistic for everyone to be a damn business owner. That's not how capitalism work because you need a business owner. You need, you need employees. Exactly. So. Exactly. You on mute. Screaming, screaming, screaming. Forget being, forget capitalism. I don't think everybody's just a good business owner. I don't think everybody, everybody has things they are good at and bad at. And the idea that everybody is going to be, should be a business owner, there's going to be a lot of failed business owners out there. They're not well prepared. And even if you well prepare somebody, it doesn't mean they're going to execute. So I think it's more important to have entrepreneurs who have equity in the community i.e i think that's mm. closer to what booker t is trying to say if you have now granted it's i want to say it's outdated but a different time for a different context but you have more black entrepreneurs who work in the community that money stays in the community and that kind of breeds that idea of like okay our dollar is really our dollar like so you if you have you know jason who owns a grocery store and grocery and jason has like 40 black employees who own a grocery store, that's that's a good entrepreneur. And people who are working for him, that's a good job to have. You're working at the grocery store, right? If we have a black hospital owned by somebody black and everybody's, I, I want to make this a whole like black thing, but you mm-hmm. get the idea. Like 
if if the entrepreneur is black and the employees are black, the idea is it's going to stay within the community. I think that's more important than everybody being an entrepreneur. Because yeah, I think when you talk about entrepreneurship in 2023, we don't see necessarily people going towards the education, the health, the banking, the five pillars, whatever you want to call it. You see fashion line. You see vacation business. You see like a lot of the more, you can say exciting or fun things per se, but not necessarily. But it's still it's still luxury, luxury and leisure. Yeah, it's luxury and leisure. It's not. Yeah, it's not economically building up a community necessarily, right? Mm-hmm. So, and and it's fine to do those things, right? Back to my exploring multiple streams of income, but I don't. I think an entrepreneur gets branded in that sort of way. Like I've never really heard anybody say, "Be an entrepreneur." You live in a town that doesn't have a, a good farmer's market. Why don't you start it? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like that, that, that's not the conversation. The conversation is, yo, can I make this luxury dress or shoes or bag? Or can I, yeah. yeah it's, 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 and again, not knock anybody, but it's just a pattern that we see. When yeah. Do, I mean, that's like what they tend to go towards. Mm-hmm. The spending and the traveling and stuff like that. And they have, like, have a great time. You look great. It's having a great time, but that's just factor into our conversation. But I, think, but I think it's to Steven's point, my fault, Steven, to, to cut you no, off. For, but I think even that is a lot based on disposable income, right? So, I mean, yeah. even still, if there's a ever a financial, you know, if we're in a recession, all of those businesses become second and go. third priority, right? They're first to go. And so I think that's harmful as well. We talk from a stability standpoint about, hey, if we're going to build something, you need to eat, right? So being an entrepreneur and owning a grocery store is one thing. But that's, again, to Stephen's point, that's not necessarily where we see the traditional entrepreneurial path. Um, because, again, owning a grocery store is not saying, yo, I'm about to just go buy some fruits and vegetables. And They're going to stand out there, yeah. There's a lot more that goes into it. And I think even supply the, chain. the capital to to get it started, right? All of all of these things. So, but my fault. Go ahead, Stephen. Finish up. No, I mean, I, that was more or less what I wanted to say. It's just there's... Um... There's just an idea that you need to do something that you can showcase. I just don't, I don't know if a non-exciting entrepreneurship is well marketed or desired by people who want to become entrepreneurs. That's it. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I think for me, I can understand the allure of entrepreneurship, right? The flexibility, the, you know, owning something of your own, being able to have full control. But I think Stephen's point is, while not everybody is equipped for entrepreneurship, I think there's largely a, a lot of people don't have a desire to be entrepreneurs, right? And I think a lot of times we forget that in this debate. It's saying, well, here are the benefits of entrepreneurship. Well, what if I just don't want to be an entrepreneur? Because if I don't want to be an entrepreneur, I will certainly not likely be a successful entrepreneur, Right. And so I think we don't necessarily have that conversation where a lot of I think guys in particular, when it comes to stability, greatly prefer being able to clock in, clock out, know that their check is going to be there on time, know that their insurance is going to be there so that their kid could get glasses and get braces and whatever they need to to get done. And that be a preferred employment strategy. And again, if they do something on the side, right, if they work with their hands and they help their, you know, friend put on decks or whatever on, you know, on the weekend or, you know, mow lawns on the weekend, 
that's cool. But I still wouldn't necessarily count that as full-time entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. That's my man, you know, trying to supplement his income. And even then, I still don't think that's the case for everybody. Some people just want to get off work and go home and hang out with their kids or hang out with their family or, you know, be in the community, coach baseball or whatever the case is. And as long as they their bills are paid, they're content. And I don't think we necessarily give those folks, you know, their flowers because we feel like that's settling. I don't I would never, ever call that settling. Yeah. I would call that a greatly fulfilled life. If you're able to work, find a job that you don't hate to go to every day, that pays you enough to support yourself and your family, and you're able to be active in the community. That's cool. And I think I think that's dope. But I think a lot of times we say we don't want to be uh, we don't want to have to lean on other communities to sort of be the economic driver of our communities. And I get that. Yeah. And I think to Steven's point, I would love, you know, folks to own more hospitals that could employ, you know, more black doctors and black nurses or own more grocery stores that could employ like the high schoolers or the college students, you know, within the town, that would be dope. But to Mike's point about capitalism, you still need the owner and you need the employee. That's how capitalism works. For everybody to be a business owner, especially within a community that doesn't have sort of an inventory of the types of businesses that we currently own, right? A lot of communities have an inventory. Hey, we need this many doctors. We need this many cardiothoracic surgeons. We need this many chiropractors or whatever the case is. And that's how that community is built. Hey, you might want to go to school for fashion design, but we need an engineer. And I don't think, you know, we've had the luxury of having that knowledge about, you know, hey, we don't need any more barbers. Hey, we don't need any. And that's not disparaging any of those people that work in these fields. But sometimes you can have too many of something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know if we've had that conversation. I don't think everybody being an entrepreneur is the answer. I think even if, you know, there was a bunch more black owned bus companies, there would still have to be black bus drivers for those companies that didn't own the company that just drove the buses and we would still be back in the same conversation. So I, I certainly don't think there's an answer uh, or that is the answer. But I think it's interesting going back to the point I was making about people that uh, might do something on the side, like a side hustle. Hey, they're good with their hands. They might help their boys fix cars or whatever. Yeah. Would you classify that as entrepreneurship? Because I think in the conversation that I was having, they're like, Corey, how can you not believe in entrepreneurship? You have a podcast. And I think for me, I think of this as something as us telling our story, us getting together and, you know, communing and, converse and conversing once a week. But I don't necessarily see this as entrepreneurship. And so I'm just wondering, what does entrepreneurship look like for you yeah i don't know if you if that or gets thrown around too loosely i don't know <laughs> like i think if, you, if you're like a handyman you could do odd jobs i don't know if i'll get considered an entrepreneur i think you're just a handyman who does odd jobs you know what i'm saying that's that's what that's what i would think right but i'm just curious i know i think that word entrepreneurship does get thrown around a bunch where i don't know if it necessarily fits yeah, I think there's just some level of officiality with being an entrepreneur. You have like a, a recognized business, a, a purpose in what you do and how you service people, whether it be goods and services or like like individually or as a combination of both. Um, but I, I think that has to be solidified on paper in some way, whether it's you 
own an LLC or you own some type of corporation outright and you do goods and services, I think at the bare minimum, it's that. I don't know if you having the ability to create your own work for yourself necessarily makes you an entrepreneur. For where I'm coming from, we just call it a hustler. Like, <laughs> if we're being honest, we just, you just, you're just a hustler. And not like in a bad way, like you just know how to get your money and make, make ends meet. But I don't know. I feel like there's a level of, you just got to have something cemented to be an entrepreneur. So, but I, like to your point, Corey, I've seen people say that all the time. Like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm like, oh, what's your business? And then they don't really have a business. They tell, they'll say, oh, yeah, I'm a lawn sometimes. I do like, maybe, now, granted, like maybe if you had like a, a landscape a handy, a ha or a handyman type. Yeah, yeah, that that's different. You're an entrepreneur, but without that label with it, you're just a person who does odd jobs for good pay. I don't know if I can call you. In, in my opinion, I don't know if I could call you an entrepreneur in that right. So yeah, pretty much. I, I agree. I don't, I don't have a lot to add. It's just whether you have. I think it is the central aspect of owning a business or something. Um, and then being able to try to find ways, even if it's just one business and trying to find different ventures to increase your business through whatever factor that you want to get into. Um, but it's definitely not just like, you know, working a job and then looking for or something. It's definitely something, it's like more of a creating um, streams of income or steady income or businesses or investments or just ways that you can kind of spread out your or diversify your, your portfolio um, and creative ways um, more so than it is, like you said, just working on jobs, which is a, a funny term um but yeah that's pretty much that's a, that's just how i see it um yeah i feel that i feel that no i mean i think it's so but it's, it's an interesting conversation um i think the one thing you know we're not always here to criticize but i think some of these conversations in these clips give us conversation to talk about and dig in you know a little bit deeper and try to you know play devil's advocate sometimes ask some follow-up questions so shout out to you know the breakfast club ebony k williams yama van zant for sparking this conversation um, I think there's there's a lot of work to be done. We've had a couple conversations about wealth, about preferences, about community building. And I think it's a never ending conversation, which is why we continue to have it. But, you know, do what works for you. You know, 50, 50, 100, zero, you know, entrepreneurship, nine to five, you know, a little side hustle on the side, whatever, whatever works best for you. I think we have to, as a community, have to come up with a larger plan, right? These little, should you be an entrepreneur on the side? Should you, you know, work a nine to five? I don't know if that gets at the the root of the issue, yeah. um, which is, I think, a lot of Black communities not having those pillars, you know, grocery store, hospital, um, you know, school, right? All of these, all of these things that are necessary to, to have a community. So we're going to keep working. We're going to keep having the conversation. But appreciate y'all so much. So let's jump into table talk real quick. And I think we had this conversation. I just don't know if it was on or off the pod, but I was having it yesterday. And so I thought I'd bring it up here. Um, so when you're in the club, loud music, DJ, everybody yelling, screaming, is that a place to shoot your shot? Why or why not? My question is, it's not, if it's not there, then where? you shoot this like if it's the the club i mean what are what are we you know respectfully not nah, you know we're talking about shooting what are, what are we afraid of if it's not you know club music going good it's supposed to be great vibes dancing maybe if you drink got some drinks flowing you got your best fit on as you should in the club if, if this not if that's not the moment and y'all got eye contact and you know you can't approach What's going on? Where, where, where can it be? Where, where, what's a better environment than that, honestly? 
Because no matter what your job, what your profession is, what you do in your professional life, it don't matter in that environment. You there, you in the club, everybody looking good. Everybody there to have fun, have a good time. I mean, I don't know, man. If you can't shoot your shot there in that environment, I don't know. Where, where do we shoot shots? We can't. We just, so it might be a lost art at that point. Steven? Steven? Well, this, is, this is where I just where co-sign I, what Mike says. And I leave, I leave it at that. I, that doesn't mean I, I, I'd be shooting at the club. I'm just saying I don't know if Mike didn't make it. I don't think Mike made any invalid points just now. Yeah, just... Um, so it just make sure you bring the correct game. I think that's what's always most important. You mm. don't bring the correct game when they're in the club. And now it's, okay. So that's their business. Where, so, where? Not, not enough soldiers in the field, yo. A lot of very empty field out there. So, oh. All right, all right. Um, so y'all heard it here first. If not at the club, then where? Um, so make sure y'all come with the correct game. But quick plug a plug before we jump into past the aux. I want to shout out um what has become sort of my go-to spot here in the Baltimore area. So if you're in the Baltimore DMV area, please check out Judy's Island Grill. Uh, follow them on Instagram at Judy's underscore island underscore grill. Dope spot um to just, you know, hang out, dope happy hour specials. So if you're in, I think there's a couple locations throughout Maryland. So if you're in the Baltimore DMV area, again, make sure y'all go check out Judy's Island Grill. Again, Judy's underscore island underscore grill on Instagram. And now everybody's favorite segment. Who's leading the way? Is it me? I go first. Oh, I go got okay. Gotta hop off. Um, my song popped, song popped up on my Apple's playlist for new music for me, and I liked it a lot. Um, the song is called Numb, and sorry to the artist if I mispronounce your artist name, but it's YG Tut. It's hard to smile, it's just too much I try not to get too out of touch Feel your pain, rather feel my blood Feel a betrayed, been feeling so stuck Really been numb, I ain't felt shit I ain't felt like myself in a minute Ain't felt right, my mind been twisted Looking for vengeance instead of forgiveness Can't be comfortable, still on a mission Feeling like COVID, just not finished They just sent my dog to prison And you try to tell me to smile like Dennis I don't get it, rabbit season Word, word, word Um, both got R&B, I'll go next my song is called I Don't Care, initials IDC, lowercase. Uh, this is Maria Soul. Um, this is from the different EP, and here we go. Get it back. Watch me now, cause I'm chilling now. Lay smoking some on the sunlight. If you got my back, got your back. Now give it back, I'll get it back. Everybody wants a taste now. You keep on telling me no stress. You should care more about colors. Keeping your mind on the streets, trying to pay nice out of reach. No, whoever, baby, I'm still down for you. Nobody knows where I'll be. Think I should go out and preach. Cause I know.
that is Maria So I think I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Capital M A R, the number one A S O L. Different EP. She got about five songs on there. Um, I like it. It's Calm EP. Um, we got in touch on IG actually, and she's from Argentina. So shout out to Argentina R and B. Oh, for real, that's what's up. <laughs> yeah, that's she's from dope. Argentina. Crazy, right? So uh, make sure you check her out. Um, Apple Music, Spotify, wherever you get music, she over there. So word, word. Um, let me wrap it up. I don't know. I'm probably gonna butcher all of these names. Um, Strange. but uh, the song is called WYA or Where You At? Um, by Mina Doe, King Ivy. And Ajale, I believe. So I'm completely sorry uh, for mispronouncing any names there. But again, the song is called Where You At? Mina Do, King Ivy, Ajale. your heart to understand lately i've been superficial this life we live in something left for chance come on W-Y-A. Uh, make sure I go check that song out. Came across one of my playlists. Really liked it. Screaming, screaming. All right. That's it. That's it. That is it. It's been episode 123 after dinner conversations. Again, on all podcast streaming platforms. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Tell a friend to tell a cousin to tell an auntie tell an uncle. Check out after dinner conversations. And until next week, congrats to all the grads. Uh, we're going to talk to y'all soon. Yes, sir. <laughs> the word of our people see us sequels when time step aside be on a sequel you can catch us at 5 p.m every sunday telling stories about the culture do i'm sculpture recording every friday so here it our way no need to catch a plot away stay tuned for our take we on it after dinner conversations we on it after dinner conversations